we're back live again as I get an email right as the podcast starts. Um, and <laughs> that keeps- boo zebras, boo, yeah, boo was- zebras, boo. Oh, and boo flyers because. Oh, yeah, what that was an a, awful game. That was an ugly game, too. If you haven't noticed already, we're on later on a Friday for today because um, that Flyers game was in the afternoon. And yeah, it could have been a game you could have – it would have been right for if you didn't watch it because there was nothing really noteworthy in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a funny story about that. So my mom, uh, she had to work late, and I think she either just got home, if not getting home soon. And um, – she's gonna we're gonna record for her and so she can watch it later but the good news is she doesn't have to watch anything you know and she has a free friday night so yeah. you know we have our own thoughts on that we'll get later yeah obviously the rest of the playoffs too um things here and there and something that mitch brought up to me on a couple of uh potential uh coaches firings in toronto Ooh. We'll have to keep an eye out for those. Yeah, because um, that was the same thing I texted you earlier today that you laughed about. Yeah, no, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm just saying we'll have to keep an eye out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So um, today's lineup, uh, we're gonna break down uh, some series so far. Um, go over some games. We'll break down the Flyers game two loss earlier to the Habs. We have a bunch of thoughts on that. Um. And Mike brought up three excellent points on why the Flyers shouldn't worry and why Flyers fans in particular shouldn't worry about this horrific game two loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will mostly be talking about uh, bandwagoners when I make it. Oh, by the way, speaking of bandwagoners, um, all of them were just jumping off the bandwagon right now. I have no, uh, see ya. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I I, I guarantee you like we're the Flyers fans are that are, you know, that, a good amount uh, of fans that uh, jumped good, on bandwagon. There's a good chance today I'm not making a lot of Flyers fans. Well, sorry, Philadelphia sports fans. I'll put there it that way. Go. Also, we go. should kind of get the obvious out of the way first. If we're watching this through YouTube or whatever, uh, I lost the beard, playoff beard. Yeah. He, I, I just saved. Unfortunately, I'm telling you, man, that, that's a no-go. I know it's a no-go, but it's one of those things. I was at work today, and I've literally been like kind of overheated a bit. Got, was, you got to fight through it. I know. You got to fight through it. I had to, but then I thought maybe it was just cursed, and I did it after the Flyers game. Yeah, so. Yeah. so there you go. Maybe, maybe it was a, new, was a, a new playoff beard. Playoff beard. So he's growing back a playoff beard. As you can tell from his for the most part, mine is still going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, as, um, as I said when you're starting that, I was like, I don't know. I'm not kind of trying to grow out a Joe Thornton or Brett Burns here, or uh, Elliot Friedman. Yeah, or Elliot Friedman. Yeah. I'm not going Chisel. I'm not going uh, Grizzly. <laughs> a grizzly Adams. <laughs> no Grizzly. No uh, Viking. Nothing like Aww. that. <laughs> no Ivan Provorov. That's as most as I can get. Gotcha. That's as most as I'm gonna go with it. Oh. But uh, but speaking about the Flyers and everything, uh, the other thing that Mike and I still have to do, we are breaking down our picks and our brackets for uh, yes. NHL, uh, trying to get the perfect uh, bracket challenge. Submit the perfect bracket. You could win a uh, million dollars, and we each have a bracket submitted, so we're going to break down our brackets. I'm assuming they're pretty similar. Pretty similar. Except for some one. Surprises. Yeah, there's one big surprise yeah. there, mostly on mine. But there are some surprises here and there. Um, yeah. But 
you'll just have to wait for that because yes, we will. did preview it before in a previous podcast, but we never got to it yet. So yeah. I caught up to talking about it because we just had so much to talk about. We're just yeah. kind of on a back burner. So today is probably going to going to bring it up because these series are just going to come up uh, naturally. I feel like it's next yeah. the next best thing. Alrighty, so let's get let's right first get to into it. The, yeah, let's first get into those games that happened so far today. There's a game that's yeah, so um, as well. So we had, <clears throat> excuse me, earlier today. There's only two games so far. Uh, there is the Flyers dismantle uh, of getting beat five nothing by the Montreal Canadiens. Again, we're gonna break that game a little bit later. Um, and then uh, uh, the Avalanche, they're up two nothing in the series, but it was another. Very close game. Mm-hmm. This one, the game-winning goal was scored with two minutes and about forty-seven. Uh, sorry, two minutes and fifty-three seconds left in the game. Andre Burkowski, uh, Burkowski, excuse me, um, scored the go-ahead goal, and the Avalanche held on for the victory. So they are up to nothing in their series. The Canadians tie up the series one game apiece. Game three. For um, the Flyers is coming up on Sunday night at eight o'clock. Sunday night eight and uh, game three for tomorrow is Avalanche Coyotes tomorrow three p.m. Eastern time. So that series is approaching. Uh, later tonight eight p.m. The Islanders take on the Capitals. That series is uh, is one uh, nothing Islanders lead after the Capitals blew a two nothing uh, goal lead late in the second. The Islanders scored a goal with about a minute 30, two minutes left in the second period, a minute 20 into the third period, and they tacked on two more to take that one nothing series lead. I'll get my uh, thoughts on that series in a bit, too. Yes, absolutely. Forget, Jeff, the defending cup champions are about to start their game against Vancouver. Maybe they can turn it around after game one, after they kind of got destroyed a bit. It's uh, Yeah, they, they got pretty dismantled. I believe the score was a whopping 5-2. Pretty bad score there. Uh, Bo Horvat leading the way with two goals and the Canucks just dominating um, Jordan Bennington. So that was an awful game by the Blues, who still have yet to win a game during these playoffs and now playoffs officially. Uh, They did not win any games in the round robin. Now they have lost their first game. Um, So they got, they're down one, nothing in their series. And, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning game um, between them and the Columbus Blue Jackets yesterday, I forgot to mention, that is now tied 1-1. Uh, that game two was yesterday. Uh, another exciting game, but not nearly as exciting, Mike, as that first one. That first one went to five overtimes. It is the fourth longest game in NHL history and the second longest in playoff history in the modern era. The first in modern history, of course, still being that famous Flyers Penguins game three, I believe it was of the um, 2000 playoffs and the Flyers took that one um, in that fifth overtime. And they, it was, uh, it's still the longest game in playoff modern, modern playoff history by about two and a half minutes. So the Flyers, they still hold that record for the longest uh, playoff game in modern history. But, but the crazy these, yeah. thing about that to me, and maybe just because I'm yeah. not a professional athlete, but by five, the fifth overtime, you would have thought, okay, I'm dead here. Because anytime you hear, like, anytime like it comes up, uh, whenever there's a Flyers telecast and Keith Jones is on it because he was in that game or Brian yeah. Boucher, 
uh, he was just like, I just get on there for like two seconds, then just get back out because yeah. his legs were just tired at that point. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, how, yeah, I'm assuming a lot of that's just kind of adre- adrenaline going. That's it has going to be for so yeah. long. But the thing that made it so much harder this time than and that one is obviously for the obvious reason, they're in a bubble, so you're hoping no they fans. can. Well, no, no fans too. But I'm just saying, in between that game, Brian Boucher has talked before about how. Uh, they were getting food and everything yeah. in between. Oh, yeah, periods. that's a big one. This one was a lot different because there's no concession stands going on, obviously, because there's no fans. So it's it's a little harder to try to get the food in to try to keep these guys uh, hydrated and to not yeah. cramp up. And luckily, they were able to kind of not have that without without really any avail. I think you might have had a couple instances here and there in the second game. You could probably hardly tell, but... The minor things here and there in game two where you could tell they yeah. might be but, some things from uh, that five overtime game. Yes. And of but course, there's a good point you made to it, uh, made to Columbus's effort in that even though they lost that game, they kind of also wanted it, if that makes sense. If you want to, they, they did. More. And and the reason why that, uh, why I said that really, Mike, is, and, and you mentioned this, um, you kind of asked me this is, which team in the round robin slash, I guess the playing rounds, the yeah. qualifying rounds, I, I should say, um, had looked the best so far in the yeah. playoffs. And again, this is before game two happened between Columbus oh, and Tampa twos. Bay. And I said it was honestly Columbus is one of them because although they lost game one to Tampa Bay, that game was very close. Giannis Corpusalo, he made a boatload of saves. Oh, I mean boatload. He broke the record for Moses in a game. I believe it was uh, 85 shots total and uh, 85 shots. Sorry, 88 shots, 85 saves on 88 shots. Shots was was unbelievable. There's a lot of records here. Uh, A huge one here was Seth Jones playing 65 minutes and six seconds. Zach Wierenski played 61 minutes, 14 seconds himself. Even Victor Hedman, I don't believe. Uh, he was close to that 60-minute mark. He was close, but he didn't yeah. even crack the 60 minutes. He played 57 minutes, 38 seconds. Uh, Braden Point, he was the one who got uh, that overtime winning goal in the fifth overtime. Thank After, goodness. I'd say kind of a lucky bounce because it went off the – It definitely blues, was a lucky bounce, yeah, it but it was a heck of a shot. Yeah, the Blues defenseman's face, then to Point, and then he buried it. Yeah, I will say this because Mike and I were texting saying that uh, we both expected to be the game one goal at later in overtimes just to be kind of a, a garbage goal. And this one That's was what pure you snipe. To, yeah, it was a pure snipe. But it's pretty, it was gorgeous. What uh, a shot by just always going to have that. But that's, yeah. that's how the series, I think, is just going to go because uh, Columbus, because I know in our last podcast, you were very mm-hmm. high on Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yes. Their system is so kind of defensive oriented. So they're all. If it's a system ability. perfectly or his yeah. playing style. Um, uh, you know, he, but he, also on the flip side of that, Tampa Bay is so kind of all around uh, the best team, obviously on paper. So yes. their offensive abilities will just keep crashing and crashing. Uh, but luckily, Tartarello kept his teams well enough um, yeah. energized and. Uh, no health defects after the five overtime to which is be amazing to come back and take yeah. game two. So and and it showed uh, the Blue Jackets. They came out. Um, they scored. I want to say they were the first ones who scored. 
uh, Ryan Murray, I believe it was, or yeah, I believe it was Ryan Murray with about twelve fifty or twelve fifty two. Um, yeah, uh, wasn't it Columbus who scored first there? Yeah. They're bringing up the spot. Yeah, no, they, they, they did. They did. For some reason, I thought Tampa Bay scored first for some reason. They did. Um, Sorry. You, you're wrong. Uh, Nikita Kucherov scored first for the Blue gotcha. Jackets. For, okay. For Tampa Bay. For Tampa Bay. Five, uh, a little over five minutes into the game. Yep. That's then right. Then at the 12-minute part, almost 13-minute mark. 13. There was Ryan Murray. Murray. And then and on then, the power uh, play, it was yeah. Brookstrand. And yes. That was it. That, that's right. And then in the third, the third was, goal uh, was a Wenberg. gorgeous goal by Alexander Wenberg. He was all by himself, uh, put the puck between his own legs, uh, and uh, against one, if not two, defensemen on Tampa Bay went by them. It was very close in uh, against Andre Vasilevsky. But I am slipped it by is, him. Not that I think they aren't well trained and everything in Columbus, but my only slight worry for them is. Um, They've had to play so many games and so yeah. nights, and three of those games went to overtime. Or two, not even counted the one that went five overtimes. Yeah. Uh, but they had a bunch of close games against uh, Toronto, obviously. The game where they lost, uh, they were up three and then lost. Yeah. And then obviously, the other one where Pierre Luc Dubois showed up really well and did the hat trick. That one I'm there, so it's. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how well that's going to affect them as this series goes on. Yeah, no, absolutely. You you make some really good points there. That could be the benefit to Tampa at least. Yeah, a little more rested because obviously I don't know how hard they were going in the round robin games. Obviously they looked good in the round robin games. They didn't look, perfect. but they didn't look Tampa esque as yeah, we uh, are used to seeing them. Obviously you have to put this out here too. It's Tampa Bay in the playoffs. At this point, it's kind of like the Capitals in the playoffs mm-hmm. before they won the Cup. And that's, oh, it's the Capitals. You, you can't really trust them, but it's still, you can't untrust them either because look at that team. Right. It's just, it just takes the right team with the right system to realize the problems that uh, come from that. The Flyers are yeah. obviously dealing with that now with the Canadians. Of course, yeah. And again, we'll break the that Capitals down The Capitals are having that with the Islanders. Big time. The other big part factor of that is also Barry Trotz facing his former team. Yes, so, and, and I think that's probably the biggest X factor in that series for the New York Islanders over the Washington Capitals, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And let's not forget the other game that went to an overtime, two overtimes yeah. this took, but Boston and Carolina, their first yes. game took two overtimes and Double almost overtime. had to delay uh, the Flyers game, but luckily it didn't. It just delayed a little bit of yep. uh, like an hour Washington later. Washington and uh, Islanders game. Yeah, that, but uh, there was little... definitely a controversial moment in that first game that uh, yeah, so led. Contra- yeah, so controversial. Uh, Brendan Moore had some comments after the game that. Like, yeah, fined $25,000 post game uh, after his comments towards the referees. I wouldn't be surprised if Elaine Vigneault had some, uh, some rather harsh criticism for uh, the referees from this afternoon's game between the Flyers and the Canadians. They were subpar at best. Um, I'd say that, but I feel like that's, it's one of those things. It's a similar thing that if it wasn't last year, it was the year before. If you remember, um, remember when uh, uh, Tortorella said, Oh, we're going to win the next game. And then they ended up losing the series. It's one of those things where I feel like that may be able to benefit 
the other team a bit as a mm-hmm. motivational factor if he could see he can get under this coach's skin so often. And maybe that's just Brenda Moore being still a young coach to kind of get and, an experience. And that's fair. But again, to be fair, he had some legitimate complaints. He does, but I think he could probably could have worded a little better before he doesn't get the fine, but still gets his point across. And I think that's what you see is more of these uh, coaches that have been around longer kind of adapt to. And that's where if if Elaine Vigneault has a similar comment, I think he's going to have it a little, not not going to say professional. A little bit bit better said. Yeah. No, of course. And no, and that definitely makes sense. Uh, for again, Elaine Vigneault, he's been a, a head coach for a very long time since the the nineteen nineties and uh, at least uh, late nineties. And uh, he, no, again, he he seems a little bit more more of a calm person than uh, he's just drink, he's more. just drinking another t- uh, martini to forget about his troubles from <laughs> or today's game. Yeah. But uh, and then of course, so, uh, if I had the guess, this is the picture I have going on in uh, AV's mind. He is ordering room service. He is going to the bar and saying, "Martini, please." I have to rewatch this game and have to for footage. Yeah, for footage. Sake. I want to forget. And, yeah, yeah. It, it I need something really to be enjoyable while rewatching this game. So yeah. <laughs> even though uh, those are more for, enjoying, even though those are more yeah. for victory sakes for the martinis <laughs> oh jeez but uh, speaking about enjoyable moments here mike uh as again uh for hockey fans um a lot of us have been enjoying the golden knights blackhawk series because vegas is mm-hmm. up to nothing in their series the first one they uh they won relatively easy, easily uh Pretty 4 easily, to 1 this yeah. one Crawford was much great. closer uh, this yeah, actually went they to had overtime. a harder time. They had a hard time keeping their lead. They um, did, that's well, the which was trouble, a little surprising. Because uh, that is one trouble they're going to have. Uh, the Blackhawks versus their previous series, they're playing against Edmonton. Edmonton, obviously, is not great defensively, and with plus they don't have nearly as good enough goaltending. Right, exactly. Both those factors and the factors that even though the Blackhawks' players, some of them still from their cup-running teams, cup-winning teams, mm-hmm. and they're older now, they can still put up uh, points, and you can't take them out of it. Right. Um, Vegas is completely different. They actually have a pretty decent-sized uh, defensive core and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, and I including guess They're more theater. well-rounded, I guess is my yes. point. Kind of similar um, to Tampa Bay. Yeah, t- similar to Tampa Bay, but also let's not forget they don't have Patch Ready. Yeah, so he actually played game one mm-hmm. and did all right, not too bad. Yeah, he didn't game, play two, game two, he was deemed yeah. unfit to play. Uh, speaking about game twos really quickly and players unfit to play, um, David Posternock was, was not mm-hmm. in for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, there was a bunch a, of changes from game one there, to game two. There were. Um, and so it, it, it was different to see for a lot of teams for their game twos and everything. Uh, but yeah, so, as I mentioned, Vegas, uh, four to three overtime win. Uh, Riley Smith. <clears throat> Riley Smith, excuse me, the game winner. And every time keeping Vegas at a perfect 5-0 and in these playoffs so far. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we had last night's game went uh, a little late, but it was still an exciting one. Dallas scoring um, 40 Shortly seconds before, left yeah. in the game. Jamie Alexiak getting the go-ahead goal, for, which turned out to be the game winner. 5 kind of blowing victory. After blowing like a two-goal lead on Calgary. Yeah. The only problem there is Kachuk was hurt. 
in that yes. game. So he, he sound, I think it sounds like time, he's hurt, which is he's a game time decision, Douglas. if I'm not mistaken. So I believe you're right there. That could uh, be, so we'll have to keep an eye out for yeah, him. That could be a um, rough one for Calgary there. Also, there was a moment, I don't know who it was that scored. I think it was Tobias Ryder or Derek Forbert's goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them who scored that had a very controversial moment. I don't know if you saw the play, Mike. I did not. Um, so I didn't know about it. I honestly didn't know about it until you texted me about it earlier today. Ah, well, there you go. Uh, so, so, again, it's very hard to see because the – the way the the cameras are angled, they don't, in my opinion, they don't give you the best angle because there's a player or two kind of in the way. Basically what happened is the Calgary Flames player, he got dragged down and as he fell down, he kind of, his foot kind of went up and kind of kicked the puck, you know, redirecting it. Actually, I shouldn't say that because redirecting the puck with your skate and kicking the, the puck with your skate is two completely different things. You redirect it, it just, you know, yeah. kind of turn your foot and, and whatnot. But if you kick it, it's obviously kicking motion. Uh, the rest deemed it a distinct kicking motion. Therefore, no goal for Calgary. Um, this one, again, it was a very tough uh, tough angle and a very tough call. I was having a lot of trouble making up my own decision. I still haven't really made up a decision because I, I, I more so said – I don't know what the ruling should be, but basically, in my opinion, is the player got dragged down. So it was some sort of holding or interference there on Dallas on uh, Calgary's player. And because of him getting dragged down by Dallas's player, his body went down, his foot went up and kind of, um, you know, kicked the puck. And it went in somehow. But um, it, it was a very strange looking play. I still don't get how it exactly went in. But that's that's playoffs for you. That that is. is. How many past playoffs have there been where there's some type of controversy? Obviously, last year, the big one was the Babelski hit. That one, and also the hand pass from San Jose uh, against St. Louis. So, again, a lot of. We've already gotten two in this first round playoff alone. Obviously, the first one that uh, Rindemore was really angry about against Boston. The the hand pass. Which they were saying was nullified by. Uh, uh, Mrazek touching it, but then they didn't blow it, play dead when he put it on. But they well, deemed well that- the other interesting thing is, is that uh, there was a great quote from Brad Rod Brindamore saying basically, it sounds like the, the ref came up to him and said, um, you know, like, oh, what what are you challenging for? You have to be very specific on what you're challenging for. You say goal interference. If you say this or that, you have to be so clear. Yeah. And because I guess Brenda Moore didn't say goal interference, he said something else. I think it was. Say, I think it was saying more so the hand pass kind of thing. It, exactly. It was something like that. Um. So theoretically, uh, that is I don't, what the challenge he was. Can't because I think the thing he was pissed about more so was that he felt play should have been halted. Yeah. When he put his uh put put the uh, glove over it but i don't think that's a reviewable play but i could be wrong there i know there's like the attempt to blow the whistle but mm. that's something different but it's a similar thing there i feel but i think that would have been the better call i think that was the thing he was pissed about more than the hand pass kind of yeah. thing which is what they were looking at more it seemed when they were looking back at it which is funny too because even yeah. milbury if you're listening back to that uh uh, broadcast if you aren't uh, 
already aware he's kind of a he's kind of got a favor of uh, Boston. He seems to just a little that one. Bit. But even he was even Melbury was like, yeah, I don't agree with this call. He didn't. He thought it should have been brought back too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and and that's shocking for him to say. Yeah, since he seems to be a big kind of not a Bruins fan, but he does seem to lean more so on the Bruins side when it comes to yeah things like that or the Penguins or I'm sure the Capitals and stuff like that. There's a team he kind of has a rooting favor for. And most of the time we see it more so when he's doing Flyers games because he's not a fan of the Flyers or Flyers fans. Yeah. But, uh, so it's definitely a very, um, you know, tight playoff series so far. So, again, recap uh, is 1-1 between Dallas and Calgary, 1-1 between Philly and Montreal, 1-1 between Hurricanes and Bruins, 1-1 between Tampa Bay and Lightning – or Tampa Bay and Lightning – Tampa Bay and Columbus, uh, 2-0 between Vegas and Blackhawks, along with uh, Colorado having a 2-0 series lead over the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And so far, 1-0 for St. Louis over Vancouver. And same thing goes for Islanders over Washington, 1-0. Do you want to go over brackets right now? Because I feel like that would be good, good timing. So just a little over 10 minutes left. In the first period, and it's still tie, uh, scoreless. And that there you go. Game. That is a um, Whitmer scoreboard update. I'm also, I, I'll get to it when we go into our bracket. All um, right. Which side do you want to go through first? East. Let's or west? go through the west. Okay. Because that actually does come back to what I was going to talk about. So, in mine for my bracket, um, starting off top from. The first seed, Vegas, playing mm-hmm. eighth seed, Chicago. Yep. I had Vegas in six games. Um, I felt because of the experience that the Blackhawks have, okay. um, I felt that could take a game or two uh, yeah. from Vegas. I just right now, it's clearly, it's not looking good. Serious. Uh, no, it doesn't. Um, but it also Do you know in Vegas? Like, yeah, yeah. But it's also one of those things because there's one. Uh, it's one of those things because, it's again, they haven't played in – months so i don't know what you're gonna get yeah. out of these two teams especially blackhawks now playing our second playoffs slash postseason kind of yeah. uh series how that's going to go to them later on but i still Absolutely. had enough people from their cup winning teams to potentially get a game here or there that they win maybe right. as game three comes around and they get the last change home ice advantage maybe that changes a bit because then they have a little favorable matchups here and there but yeah because if it's if they're afraid of Robin Leonard not getting goals past them, last game should be some type of uh, boost for them because they did get three goals past them. So they did, and again, they at one point they were down two nothing, and they stormed back to tie, including a goal with three seconds left, I believe, at the end of the second period, which is a huge momentum shifter for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you have the series? I had Vegas as well. Um, it was very tough for me because I wanted to give Chicago the benefit of the doubt of, again, they have so much playoff experience. They have a lot of, you know, veterans in the playoffs, Taze, Kane, Keith, you know, um, you have some really young guys, Dominic Kubalik, who scored five points in his playoff mm-hmm. debut against Edmonton Oilers Kirby in Doc. game one. Kirby Doc is another one. Uh, Alex Debrinke is a great yeah. player. Uh, you have all these players that it's a good mix of old and young. 
Um, but I'm still, no matter what, I'm going. I went with Vegas, and I actually chose them in five games. You, you as it looks, you're probably more close to it than I am. So, so far, you know, things we'll can see. change. We've seen yeah. teams down two nothing, oh, yeah. and it's stormed back to win the series. We've seen teams down three mm-hmm. one, storm back to win the series. Three nothing. I'm win pretty the sure the Blackhawks were one of those teams that were down at one point and won their series, and they came back. Probably, I wouldn't be back, surprised. Yeah. Uh, all right, so number two versus seven, Colorado versus this is my, Arizona. This, this is, the is biggest, where it gets fun. This is my biggest surprise because I figure because it's the playoffs, every year it seems like there's some big surprise, and I don't think the Penguins losing is the only kind of big one. No, it's not. So mine was in seven games I had Arizona taking it. Um, wow. And my reasoning more so for that was because – uh, Kudobin. I think if Kudobin's on the top of his game, which he has been for the first two games. Kudobin. Kudobin's uh, playing Kudobin, for sorry. Dallas, buddy. Uh, sorry. Kemper. Uh, Kemper. Uh, the way he's been playing for them, I felt that was really uh, key yeah. for uh, Arizona to get a couple games here and there. Game one, Arizona looked not great. Car- Car- they Colorado had did great and shutting them down. Shots. But Game two earlier today, the little bits that I saw, Arizona certainly looked like a better They looked team. much better. Uh, they finally got goals past uh, uh, Grubauer, which yes. is huge because the first game they got shut out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's I, I think that's a, a bonus there. Plus, even though Rick Tockett was a back a, an assistant to the Penguins, he does have that knowledge of being in the cup run. Yeah, absolutely. Time, so I think that also helped them. Uh, and he has a player who's won a cup slash with him uh, in Phil Kessel. And Phil, that, Kessel. That's and Phil Kessel wanted to go with uh, Rick Tuckett, ah. too. Yeah. They, so. have, they have the offensive abilities of just trying to get them going. Yeah, uh, it's Keller, just very Cutter. tough to match yeah. that power mm-hmm. that the Colorado Avalanche has because not only can they have it all on their forwards, but they have offensive scoring that's on exactly. their blue line as well. And Kale McCarr, uh, they have Nikita Zadorov, I believe. Uh, Eric Johnson and also um, there's another young uh, there's another young guy uh, Samuel Gerard uh, who can provide a big spark for the abs Um, so you have them in seven this one I I love Arizona I hate the fact that they are playing the avalanche because I want them to go far in the playoffs but the avalanche are just too much right now they're up to nothing in the series I will say this for Arizona's sake they are very close games. The first one, yes, they got shut out 3 nothing, but that first goal for uh, Colorado didn't come until f- about 546 left in the entire game. So the fact that they were able to hold um, air, um, the Avalanche scoreless for two and a half periods, if not almost three whole periods, that's pretty sharp. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I will look for them to bounce back and win either game three or four. I do have uh, Arizona losing the series, unfortunately. And unfortunately for them, it's not going to last long. I kind of hope I'm wrong because I like good playoff series. But, I, you know, again, I, I like Arizona. I like their team. I have them losing in five to the Colorado Avalanche. In uh, this one, I had another upset, Dallas versus Calgary. Um, See, that's my question is how much was, of an upset do you consider that being? Because right now the way it's ranked, Dallas is three, Calgary is six. Yeah. That's that's an upset. Dallas was a better team. 
on uh, oh, oh, the sorry. season. Oh, uh, did you say you're, are you having Dallas or Calgary? Uh, Calgary, sorry. Oh, okay. That, that, I got you now. Sorry. I, think I was just trying Dallas. to say how – no, I was saying Dal- uh, Calgary. I had Calgary in five. Um, and so far, five. I could be wow. – five games. Um, I think Dallas has a lot of good pieces. They obviously have the veteran help now having Corey Perry there with playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Joe Pavelski with playoff experience. Um, there is a little shakiness with goaltending because their first game, uh, Ben Bishop was unfit. To yeah. He wasn't able to go in game one. Uh, game two, they were able to go back to Ben Bishop. That did help some, but um, they did. a very high scoring game again, five to four yeah. was the final score. And it was, it was a big one. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of good pieces. And obviously when we break down Dallas, we'll get to that more because we're doing obviously that series of, uh, uh, deep dives of these teams again, and we'll yes. obviously get to ca- Dallas whenever they're out of the playoffs, and we get to them at uh, some point during the offseason. But you can't rule out like uh, uh, Klingberg and uh, Miro Heiskanen, Jamie uh, Ben, Tyler yeah, Sagan. Yeah, they have good pieces. Denny Guryanov. Um, that's just when you get deeper into the team, there's still a lot of um, things that still need to be uh, figured out there. They are a little yeah. older. I feel like that could affect them, especially um, coming off from not playing for long to getting their feet going again. Right. I feel like that could be a bit of an issue. Um, granted, they did beat the Blues during their uh, the Red Robin. Granted, that wasn't a shootout. Yeah, keep it wasn't a shootout. Keep in mind, sure. And you don't know how both how deep how hard both teams were really going in that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since at that point it was three and four. Um, and realistically, as much as I, I say both these upsets and Calgary is probably the only one that is more likely to happen because it was the yeah. only one because Calgary out of those teams that were coming out of the uh, plans was the only team to have the slightest worry about because all four of these teams to me uh, are better than the teams are playing. Uh, St. Louis, the defending cup champions, are significantly better than what they played in game one against Vancouver. Yes, and, and despite um, not winning a game in the round robin at yeah. all, they should be much better. And again, they got, um, they got Tarasenko back. They have players back that they huge. didn't have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you hope they start to turn it around, and I believe they will. Yeah, and that's think, definitely that, something I, I do want to talk about for um, – and we can – I think it, it's more so the West is having an issue than anyone in the East. The only team I can think of is possibly Carolina with Peter Morazic. Uh and we'll talk about this after we break, uh, after we um, you know reveal our predictions for the rest of the West. Yeah. Um, I, so I, you said I had a, I just didn't want to have it all four one two three four seeds be the divisional rounds because we know rounds. that's not going to happen. There's it's gonna not going to happen, but I, it's more than likely then it's going to happen in the West and it's in the East because yes. the top and the West is significantly better than the bottom or the middle part of the wild cards and everything. So that's my opinion there. But I'm not going to rule out a potential sweep or no, upset of course because, not. well, I don't have any sweeps, but any upset <laughs> because I remember last year, all the first first uh, uh, first seeded teams last year lost. Yeah, they did. They did two it's, of them. It's different. It, it, it's different yeah. this year, but still. Yeah, one or two. The of them Blues were one of the wild card teams last year. If we're not, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, which is so. nuts. 
Uh, yeah, so you have Calgary winning in five. This yes. is the only series in the entire playoffs so far in round one where I have going to seven. I have Dallas in seven. Right now it's one-one, yeah. so – this one was really tough for me. I had it going either way, so that's why I chose seven. Uh, I, I like what Dallas brings to the table a little bit more than Calgary right now. Um, mm-hmm. Again, for a few reasons. Again, the the blue line, Dallas? Mira Heiskanen. I do have Dallas, yes. Okay. I have Mira Heiskanen and John Klingberg leading the way on the blue line for the Dallas Stars. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Garyanov, like I said, Mateus Yamark. Um, a lot of key pieces. Corey Perry, he played a very important role in Game Two's victory. As much as I don't like him, um, he did superb, and he played such a great game Again, in Game Two. He has a cup. He has a ring. He, he knows what it takes to win. Yeah. Uh, Joe Pavelski is another key depth piece at this point for the Dallas Stars, and again, playoff experience, playoff veteran, playoff go-to guy. So I would I know, not be surprised if he it, picked granted, up the pace. Both those guys, it took some time to get their feet going in Dallas. But Big time. Now in a familiar yeah. territory in the playoffs, they can get that uh, going, going again. Yeah. Corey Perry, it seemed to be that way in uh, game two. He, he, he really did. He, he stepped was, up his game. I think that's exactly why Dallas picked these guys up was for that playoff mindset because these guys know what to do in yeah. the playoffs. I don't think Absolutely. they were getting them specifically to, you know, help them offensively or anything like that. no not and or again not like their usual selves or their old selves yeah. of putting up 30 plus goals yeah because uh, that's not gonna happen you know no. but um yeah so that's a, a good tough series there mm-hmm. uh game two is currently going on right now between the st louis blues the defending Stanley cup champions and the vancouver canucks ranks uh the seeds four versus five they, up one well there you go who's the goal scorer left in the first uh, one second. Uh, Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Look at that. I'm saying red hot. Um, yeah, no. So from what I understand, it sounds like St. Louis is not doing so high. Uh, they need to take out with the lone assist. There you go. Uh, this one is a tough series as well for me. I really like what Vancouver brings, but it's not often that I pick a Stanley Cup champion getting eliminated in round one the year after they win the cup. This is not the case as well. I have St. Louis winning this series uh, for, again, a few reasons. The only one I'm a little shaky on, and it's kind of, again, going back to the question I'm going to ask you after you reveal your uh, winner of round one versus St. Louis and Vancouver is, um, is the goaltending. Not just St. Louis and Jordan Bennington. Yes, I know he did a lot. Again, I'll get into that in a second. But just all over the West and a little bit in the East, there seems to be a lot of issues with goaltending right now. I'll get into that more. I want to hear Mike uh, with what you have to say about this series. Who do you got? And then uh, how many games? Some, for some reason, I thought this one would have been the easier one to pick because I felt – You would think. I thought that because, I th- again, it's the same reason why I thought the Wild would beat the uh, Canucks too because they're kind of inexperienced a little bit with a little bit yeah. of experience they have. I didn't think that would be enough to push them forward because I think they're just too young of a team to yeah. be in the playoffs just yet. I think they're right about there, but um, By around. the way, the goal that Bo Horvat scored w- was pretty special. You, you When you get a chance, you need to take a look. All right. Uh, but I, I had St. Louis in five games for the uh, this series. Ooh, five games. Yeah, so I have six. Um, you're... 
you you might be in bad shape if it is five. Uh, you, you could still have the Blues winning series, but it might not take five. It could take six, maybe even seven. Yeah. Um, realistically, if it does go to a seventh game in this series, I would not be surprised if Vancouver took it. Um, we'll see, though. It's only game two right now. It's one nothing Vancouver. But right now, the way the Blues are looking, it's very similar to game one. and They aren't looking sharp. So, again, let yeah. me go back now to my question. I just yes. Before uh, we get to the East, let's go to Before that we get first. to the East, because, yeah. again, I saw, I'm saw i seeing a lot of this in the West. What do you think of the goaltending so far? So, we're seeing, in my opinion, the best honestly, goal, honestly seeing, the best goaltending duo in the playoffs right now is probably two of the teams in the West. Yeah. Um, and Vegas and Arizona to me. Which is shocking because, again, both of those games and series and everything going on for, for those teams, neither of them have let in any shaky goals. No. Again, you saw that and with Vegas Corey has, Crawford in Chicago. Vegas, you if, saw that a lot so far in Dallas and mm-hmm. Calgary, and especially St. Louis with Jordan Bennington. Because Bennington, Cam Talbot, who I don't think should start, should be David Riddich from now on. You had uh, Ben Bishop or and and or Anton Hudobin who gave up some shaky goals here and there, and Corey Crawford. Also, in, over in the East, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, Peter Morazic, uh not looking so sharp really against the Bruins in Game One, giving up a, a very iffy goal. Yeah. Um, so definitely some poor goaltending from what I've seen so far in Game One. I just want to get your thoughts on what you think why that is on so much trouble between the pipes. Um, I think you're seeing it more so with the older goalies. Um, and Ben Bishop, or not Ben Bishop, sorry, Corey Crawford, yeah. if you're not mistaken, he did have COVID. So he didn't actually That's right. I forgot about his that. first game against Edmonton. So if he's going to have a couple of shaky games, I'm not going to be that surprised. But again, as I was saying before this whole playoffs and playing and all this started, I was saying I don't know how I don't know how much you could trust your any of these goalies because it's similar to if you start the season uh, again. And at the start of the seasons, that's kind of where the goalies are the most shaky. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing in the West a bit. You're seeing kind of shaky goaltending that maybe halfway through the season or later on in the season, these goalies yeah. now well adjusted to the season and everything. And uh, are more likely to make those saves, but at this time, it's kind of uh, shaky here and there. And for Cam Talbot's sake, I think he played well in their play-in series against Winnipeg, but I wouldn't be surprised if um, he has another bad game that they uh, throw Reg in there. But I think they go Cam Talbot again. If it's another shaky performance from Cam Talbot and say they lose, then I wouldn't be surprised if Redich then plays that following game for Calgary. And one of the best parts for Calgary right now, it's only tied 1-1. If they're yeah. down to nothing, that might be a different story. But right now, it's 1-1. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely see and for there. Pac, for but the I will say – They don't have a – I don't – isn't their backup Subban, backup Subban? For uh, Chicago? Yeah. It is. Because, again, yeah. they kind of not swap goalies. Not, not that he's not willing, but I think you're going to have to stick with Corey Crawford. I agree. I think it's a little – I like Malcolm Subban. I, I think he's a I pretty think he's a sharp goalie. Yeah. He definitely is a very – he's one of the better backups in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could probably agree. 
I just don't know how I would feel tossing him into the fire like this kind of against a very good team that he's exactly. all too familiar with, his former team in Vegas who selected him uh, from the expansion draft from Boston. And uh, I'm going to actually have a continuation of this too when we talk about the Flyers game later today with Carter yeah, Hart. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, so, <clears throat> excuse me, so far, so Corey Crawford, I get, you know, as I'm also not saying that us, we haven't seen some stellar uh, goaltending either because even Peter Razzik, who you just mentioned, yeah. he looked a little shaky in that game one. If you remember, he had a couple, like, he did. really yeah. nice saves against the Rangers. Yeah, um, and then, you know, against the Rangers, he looked a lot better um, as a whole. And, you know, and you are right. We, we really, have seen I know what, a lot I know what of you're good talking about, though, for that. Yeah. The last goal the Bruins scored to win that game, it was game one, similar. Yeah, it was similar to the pre-dramatic that us Flyers fans saw, which was he overslid so hard that yeah. that, that pretty much half the net open. Um, Basically, Bergeron outweighed uh, Morazic yeah. without even having to outweigh Morazic. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. For if for those who didn't see the play happen, it was a very rough play by Morazic. I don't know if he was just I don't know how he overplayed the puck too much on he, that angle. It was a very kind of poor on, he bet on the play that uh Bergeron faked on. Mm. He did a little stick move and he bit a little bit too far and then he pretty much had to open that at that point. Yeah, that's very true. So but again it's moments like that that at makes the same me time, question the goal. He rebounded. He rebounded because they yeah. won game two. The, well no, he didn't because James Reimer was in that. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh. I, I think it was a back-to-back game. That's probably oh, why. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. They're, they're the it, one it, team. If it was back-to-back, yeah. that's why. If it's not... There would we'll be see. the one team I could see that. Uh, it's yeah. still the same score. A little over three minutes left in the first There period. you go. And again, uh, the first and only goal so far for the Vancouver Canucks, one nothing over the St. Louis Blues. Bo Horvat on a gorgeous move. Um... It was it was something else. You got to check it out when you get a chance. Uh, but again, so going back one more time before uh, we move over and transition to the East here, Mike, uh, I definitely saw a lot of shaky moments. You know, definitely some good. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of shaky moments from Corey Crawford, um, from Hudobin. Uh, Hudobin, a mix of Hudobin and Bishop, and also from Cantalbot, and definitely Jordan Bennington, who a lot of people. Again, they have the most respect for and and praise the heck out of him. Again, good goalie. I think he's a little bit overrated compared to what we're seeing and hearing he and everything. Stellar in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Again, he he was but phenomenal even in, that, in the playoffs. Even in that one, he had some shaky games. There were a couple exactly. games that got Again, blown out. These will happen. These uh, will happen. Yeah, but let's quickly change over to the East. Yes. So in the East. Obviously, the Flyers, I think, to a surprise of a lot of people, maybe not to me and Jeff per se, uh, but they got the first seed. Yep. And they faced off against the surprise of the playoffs so far and the Montreal Canadiens. Yes. And that one's tied 1 1 right now, of course. Uh, game mm-hmm. two just ended a few hours ago after a 5 nothing uh, dismantling of the Flyers. Canadians. Which we'll break down more later in the podcast. Scoring, yep. Scoring 5 nothing. Uh, game three again is coming up mm-hmm. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Um, and another thing we haven't broke, yeah. we haven't talked about yet, but for Montreal's sake, um, they're will they're no longer going to have uh, Claude yes. Julien for the near future. 
Yes, there is an after update that, on him. After um, the first game he had experienced later that night, he experienced some chest pains. He left the bubble and went to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and then there was an update from him today, which Jeff has. Yes, so that update is right here. Uh, so John Shannon tweeted out earlier today, <clears throat> excuse me, John Shannon tweeted out earlier today, uh, the Canadians announced that Claude Julian had a stent inserted into a coronary artery. The procedure was carried out at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto on Thursday. Uh, doctors expect a full recovery. Julian will return to Montreal to recuperate. So, of course, our best wishes with mm-hmm. Claude Julian and uh, a very, very speedy recovery, we hope. Yeah. Um, and he's getting up there in age. It's a little, yeah, it's a little yeah. scary, a little, little nerve-wracking. And something that I didn't even realize until uh, Elaine Vigneault was talking about it yesterday when this whole yeah. news was breaking about uh, Claude Julian. He said he knew he, – he and Julian are really close, and he knew him since he was like 20 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly right. So they right. go way yeah. back. No, they go way Set, back there. They're which very obviously close makes friends. sense. They're both French Canadians. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, so and, and you're right. You know that they're very, very close, and um, it's yeah. again, it's All crazy. That, yeah, absolutely. It's crazy that these things happen, but they happen. And again, yeah. that's why we just gotta take care of ourselves. And I'm, I'm very glad that um, you know they took him to the hospital and just to get him checked out. And hopefully, again, it sounds like he'll make a, a uh, you know complete recovery, which is great. Just hopefully, it's a speedy one. Regardless, no matter what, I don't believe, and I highly doubt it, which is, again, for the best, that Claude Julien will be behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens for the rest of the playoffs. So that's good news. Back to Montreal now. Yes, just to recuperate again. Uh, so, again, our, all the best uh, to Claude Julien, his family, and friends, and mm-hmm. hopefully that Julien will make a very quick recovery. Um, now back this, to hockey. Yes. And the series um, itself. So, for me... Again, I made my ball prediction before this saying mm. I see no sweeps happening. And that still stands with the Flyers series against the Hurricanes. Uh, not the Hurricanes. Wow. They haven't played the Hurricanes yet. Uh, the Canadians. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have the Flyers going in five. And right now it seems it's still uh, possible after the yeah. Canadians uh, yeah. win uh, today. So. We'll see. I, again, yeah, I think a big, again, por- yeah. a big portion of that, I think they had a lot of um, morale boost a bit playing for uh, Claude Julian, who was yeah. obviously doing with this. So I think that played a role in it. I'll get to that more, my thoughts there when you talk about it. But Jeff, how do you think this, what was your prediction for this? Here? I, of course, have the Flyers. Um, I think they still have a chance, despite getting blown out here in game two, I think that um, they have a, a legitimate chance to still win this series, and they're not out of it despite again getting blown out. Um, game one was much closer, of course, but game two here, bad one. They just got a rebound. I had the Flyers winning in six. I was very, very close to putting them down in five, but uh, just the way the the Canadians looked against the Penguins and in game one, of course, obviously I had big my picks before game one. But and you know prove my point in game one and even here in game two, Canadians they're not going down without a fight, no. and, and and that's going to you know it's proving to show that they're they're not giving up again. They were playing basically with uh, somewhat heavy hearts in in, in a sense for Claude Julien just you know playing for him for their head coach or anything. And um, I saw the Flyers winning. I have them winning in six. Um, I hope it doesn't go to six games, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did. 
that's just how pesky and annoying the Canadians are, just like this next team um, who we've that talked, we will talk yeah, about. Who we've already talked to talked about a couple times, but the Tampa Bay and Columbus Blue Jackets series, a rematch of last yes. year. A lot of uh, thing with uh, Tampa Bay is trying to get some uh, – you know, retaliation from last well, year. Well, they technically and, already did because they won already one game more than they did last true, year. But they, I, think, again, I, I don't think one games would they care if they lost in five. I think they'd still be uh, disappointed. Uh, oh, but of course, absolutely. For, um, they they for, want revenge. Yeah. They want to take care of the team that swept them and embarrassed them mm-hmm. last year. So again, winning one is a start. I had but, Tampa, I had Tampa Bay yeah. in six. Obviously, Tampa Bay. At the deadline, made a lot of moves, more yeah. so to try to um, get a little more uh, grit in there, uh, mm-hmm. more guys to, that will get into that dirty area, that won't back down, that kind of stuff. Blake Holman, who we're not a big fan of, obviously. No. Uh, Barkley Goudreau is another one who isn't afraid to get his nose dirty. Um, and those guys they traded for just to try to, in case – this type of thing happened in the playoffs where they're rematching Columbus so they don't just get pushed around like they did last year. So far, it doesn't yes. seem that way. And the most part, even though it's the series is tied, Tampa Bay, the play seems to be a lot in their favor. If you're looking at shot count, if you're looking at how the, each team played, it seemed like Tampa Bay should be uh, almost destroying Columbus. But because Columbus is one of those pesky defensive-oriented teams and Tartarella has kind of instilled this in this team, even losing so many people from last year, yeah. that they're not going to be an easy out either. And no. I had Tampa Bay in six games. I think it's another, I, it's another yeah. close one. All these yeah. games in the East I have really tight. So uh, yeah. this one I have in six, going to Tampa Bay. I like it. Uh, that's exactly what I have. Um, I think they will win in six. I'm more confident that they will um, you know, do much better this year. They have a lot more depth than last year. And they're doing much better on the defensive side. Uh, they actually benched Braden Coburn, who's been a regular in the lineup for the past several years for the Bolts, um, as they have Kevin Shattenkirk. And they also uh, have Zach Bogosian, who is playing in place of the uh, former flyer, Luke Shen. I don't think Luke Shen was playing either. <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he, uh, he, he had some regular season uh, games, and um, it was uh, Zach Bogosian again who's playing in, uh, you know, yeah. playing uh, instead of Luke Shen, and obviously getting Kevin Shattenkirk helps too. That that's a big and underrated move. Shattenkirk, you got Sergachev too, who's young, but those two, Shattenkirk and Sergachev, are on a lot, uh, paired together. They've played pretty well for the most part as the third pair for the uh, uh, Lightning. Obviously, the scary moment came in the last round-robin game for them yeah. uh, when Hedman went down with what seemed to be either an ankle or lower uh, uh, leg kind of issue uh, for him. And especially after his reaction to when he came off that he thought he it be worse. He smashed his stick. But, and I mean, like, the oof. But he's also a hockey player. So yeah. even if it does hurt, he's going to pull a full Eric Carlson and he'll play on one foot if he has to. So here's my question. I wonder if Hedman's playing hurt at all. It didn't look like it at all. Uh, in game one, it seemed like he wasn't 
the full hundred or maybe even mm-hmm. like 85, 90% right. uh, Vector Hammond. He was still not completely uh, pushing off his one foot. Um, he was still skating pretty well and still went up uh, at times during play, but uh, there were still a little shaky moments here and there where he, I don't think he's completely uh, feeling the best right. on his ankle. Um, no, definitely not. Um, but, you know, so I have, again, I think Tampa Bay, again, this year compared to last year, they have a lot more depth. That's why I mm-hmm. have Tampa Bay again, uh, hopefully this time around. Yeah. Um, in we'll six um the next series this one i said one thing but i have a feeling it's going to be the other way um especially after how game one went and i have, I have another thought on this series as well that i just remembered but mm-hmm. washington who was third seed facing the six seeded new york islanders who to me are even more boring to watch than the columbus blue jackets even though they play pretty much the same way right yeah again it's it's such a tough series. It really is. But I, I definitely think that for for this series, it's it's gonna be another close battle. Um, so no matter what, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot tighter than a lot of people realize. Yeah, it really is because their defensive orients itself, and the Islanders feel it can be very pesky. Obviously, the bright trots factor being behind the bench with the Caps when they won the Cup a couple years seasons yep. back. I think that plays a huge part of it. And also, I think that's for honestly game the biggest sake, factor to me. Uh, Ovechkin didn't play the best in game one. I no, he, he looked he very shaky. Not. He did not. Uh, even Brandon Holby didn't look his best. He looked better, but he still, again, he's lost his touch a little bit. A little uh, bit. The great eight, and Alexander Ovechkin has not looked as great so far lately. I'm sure um, he'll, it's still Ovechkin, so he's going exactly. to find something to get his groove going. Uh, just one goal, or maybe even this yep. will get him going again. Uh, but uh, and then I think he, it will. It, it's yeah. a certain way, you know, a certain uh, puck, because, uh, puck luck that will go his way. Yeah. The other thing that's going to hurt the Capitals too is that there's going to be no um, Backstrom. Yeah. He's out with a concussion, so that's a big, big loss there. Yeah, Andres Lee. I remember he took a run at him. It was. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was called for interference, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think so. And. Um. Yeah. yeah, but the uh, it was John Carlson of all players who uh, uh, went after Honors yep. Lee. Yep, yep. Um, and now uh, for the last series, which I think is the closest. Oh, uh, sorry, I never gave my prediction. Oh, sorry, uh, I thought you did. No, you're good. Uh, I had the Honors in six again. It's yeah. a. I could easily um, see it going that way. Just because. Yeah, and and what was your prediction? Uh, just was, so I can remember. Uh, six going to the Capitals. Oh, you do have the Capitals. I have the Capitals winning. But that's why I was said at the start of this. I yeah. have the Capitals, but I have a feeling it's going to be the other way, especially gotcha. after seeing how game one went. The, the, yeah, I hear you. are just a pesky team. Uh, again, reason, I think the... Me, out of the four yeah. teams they had to face, the team I felt that they could beat would be the, the Capitals. Capitals. But I think, uh, I think there's that offense. The Capitals are still just such a great team that it, I'm not going to throw them out of it. That's why I, I'm still going to keep them. I think they could take it. I think they can take the Islanders, but I think it's going to be a very tight series. Uh, they right. have to do a little better defensively and everything. Uh, no, I, I definitely agree. The The Capitals and the Islanders, they really need to, to 
uh, boost, uh, bolster up on their defense. And uh, it, it, again, it's going to be a very, very tough series. Not nearly as tough as this last one here in Carolina yeah, and Boston. That's the hardest one, I think, for people to predict because yes. I think we both have it going uh, to Carolina. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have it going as far as I do because I have it going it literally all the way to seven. Ooh. And obviously so far it's not like last year because if you remember, the Bruins swept the Hurricanes last year. Yeah. Um, I think the Clearly that's part, already not the case, just yeah. like Columbus and Tampa Bay, um, as it is one game for Carolina along mm-hmm. with one game for Tampa Bay. I think the one thing that well. hurt Carolina, an underrated thing that hurt Carolina in the first game was no – uh, Justin Williams, because I think he brings a lot into that locker room. He does, and I think that was a bigger loss than it really. Was even though he one. doesn't have any points in this playoff so far, he brings a lot more than just on the score sheet. Again, that leadership, the veteran presence. Yeah, he's Mister Game Seven for a reason, mm-hmm. and he brings so much to the table. Wasn't that you, not that there. can't go unnoticed? Yeah. Yes, and that was a big one that Carolina played great without Nino Niederreiter. And that was huge because Niederreiter, in my opinion, is such a great and important depth piece for the Carolina Hurricanes. The um, Hurricanes are such an underrated, uh, underappreciated team. I think they're... Especially in these playoffs because there's no... Uh, yeah. People are talking about them, but not nearly as much as they should, or especially for how kind of deep this team is. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. Uh, and, the and again, only, that's why the only, I have Carolina obvious going. shaky. The obvious shaky part is Morazic and their goaltending. That's yeah. the easy shaky part there. But again, everywhere else they're good. Yeah, and again, a huge uh, X factor is that Dougie Hamilton in the lineup, who even had a gorgeous mm-hmm. uh, uh, goal in Game Two. That was a big one there, and uh, you know he plays such a big role, literally and you know physically, mentally, and uh, just. He's such a huge piece to this team. All right, uh, so I have him in six. Uh, I think it's not going to be a cakewalk like a lot of people are expecting it to be for one team. I think Boston is getting favored in this a lot more than they deserve to be. They started out as the number one seed heading into the round robin. They dipped all the way down to four, and uh, literally them and the Flyers uh, flipped uh, positions. And – that is kind of giving Boston the chip on their shoulder that they need, but I still don't think it's enough to get past this no. Carolina team. It's a lot better than last year's team, even though it, you know, they, they got better on defense. Um, it helps having a healthy Dougie Hamilton. Sammy Vaughn has played some. Jake Gardner, who they signed in the offseason, he's played yeah. quite a bit. Hayden Flurry, he's looked great. He got a, a goal last uh, the other night. Um, or I think and also, even. how 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 uh, deadly is this pair as a shutdown pair? Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin. That is pair together. one of the most lethal, if not the le- most lethal uh, defensive pairings in the NHL currently and will be mm-hmm. until uh, until unless they I, retire. I forgot they also <laughs> traded for Brady Shea at the deadline, who's... Yeah, so a lot there, of but he's more so for the offensive kind of yeah. mindset for them. So definitely a lot of uh, moving pieces for the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, that first round pick that uh, got traded to the New York Rangers in exchange for Brady Shea, it's going to be pretty late in the draft. That's going to be for right now. Cap friendly has them ranked at I think around twenty second uh, overall. That could be a little bit later. Who knows? Uh, so we got to wait and see. 
Um, but so those are our round ones. Um, if we want, we can kind of quickly breeze through the rest of our bracket. We can wait till round two begins. We can wait until round two. Well, okay, that, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's our round one for, for both of us. Um, yeah, so that's what I have there. Um, now quickly, Jeff, let's, uh, yeah. let's talk about that Flyers game. Yeah, quickly. So, you know, we can just we can get it over with. Get out. Yeah, exactly. Like a bandaid, just rip it off. <laughs> rip it off quickly. Um, but it just seemed that was a lot of the series so far seems to be the Flyers just overthinking things. Uh, yeah. And it's not, and I will credit, I'm not saying that the hurric, that Hurricanes keep doing that. The Canadians have looked <laughs> bad. They're a very stingy team. Um, and the Flyers they are. Just, they, the Flyers haven't yeah. been playing this, the same Flyers self as they have been all season long, or that they were, and even the first three, four games in their uh, play-in. Because um, mm. even the first game in the series, even though the Flyers came up with a win, they didn't look dominant. They no, looked they, they the looked first, good they, in the first ten minutes of the first period, maybe fifteen. Yeah, then they looked, which is actually uncharacteristic of them because uh, today yeah. today looks a lot more like the Flyers we're used to in the first period. That is the the Canadians' first best period is the first period. The Flyers' worst period is the first period. So yeah. the and this game especially, the Hurricanes took the I did it again. The Canadians <laughs> took advantage. Of the Flyers' poor starts of games, and the fire, and it seemed like maybe more so after the second goal, but they just kind of after the yeah. quick early they goal, they just yeah, they just kind of there playing. was just something out of them, it just knocked yeah. the wind out of them. They um, just couldn't get it back. I will say this about the they Canadians: didn't. they are a lot better of a team than most people give them credit for. That's why I have this series going to six. I did think about going to five. I thought. Montreal, they're, they're again, they're a lot better than most people realize. That's mm-hmm. why I had the Canadians right. taking out the Penguins in five Pittsburgh. games, but it only took them four. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much. And I really think that the Canadians are going to give the Flyers a little bit more trouble than a lot of people they realize, will. even more so than, than I initially realized. I kind of underestimated the Habs a tiniest bit. But again, I think, every, it's, I think everyone kind of has. So. Oh, I know a lot of people have. Uh, I know, again, as typical Flyers fans, whenever, again, whenever we're the team's a higher seed, you know, oh, Flyers, absolutely, because why? We're the, we're the number one seed. You know, we're a higher seed and everything. But again, we this is one of the best teams we've seen in Philadelphia in years when it comes to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they look so sharp all year long. Um, they play great in the round robin and. All, all in all, though, for it's, this Flyers team, the, they can't the overlook the Canadians. It's, it's the little things. It's the little things, and they just including it's they're turnovers. So, that yeah, is the biggest Flyers killer in both game one, game two. Yes, they won game one, but because of just how they played their usual game, they snuck away with the victory in game one. In game two, next, next they the, got the destroyed yeah. because of turnovers. And mm-hmm. I swear, I kept seeing. Turnover after turnover after turnover. The Flyers, they they had, and this doesn't, this shocks me looking at the stats now. The Canadians had more giveaways than the Flyers. The 
Canadians had 18, the Flyers had nine. Yes, the uh, game it doesn't seem like it, but yes, yeah. the game mode along the Canadians weren't as down as they were in the first period. The Flyers just made mistake yeah. after mistake. They couldn't get out of their zone. They were they just kept getting uh, Carolina. Uh, Montreal had the better forechecking, and they just kept beating the Flyers. Yeah, uh, the bottom six they didn't look particularly great. Really, nobody really looked that great. And the one thing I was going to come back to because I was talking mm-hmm. about when you're talking goalies, the one thing I think that was smart was pulling, even though it didn't really matter at that point, but pulling hard yeah. at four goals just in case footwords get uglier. So you don't make And them, it, in a way, it did because the fifth them. goal was scored. Yeah, fifth goal was scored, but you were never sure if, like, uh, the one game I'm going back to was uh, one of the blowouts the Flyers had the Capitals, and after, like, the seventh goal or something like that, they finally pulled uh, Braden Holby. Holby. Yeah. It's at that and, point, and again, why, yeah. Yeah, it's also that point of not getting uh, Hart's uh, confidence or anything knocked on yeah. him for keeping him in it for so long when right. the team in front of him isn't producing. Because the whole reason why the Flyers won the first game was because of Carter Hart. He's playing Dude, game really three. Was. He stole the show. Brian Elliott's not playing game three. It's Carter Hart. Yeah. And again, I don't care that, you know, Hart let in four goals. I don't care that he had fooled. Again, he started game three rightfully. So not only that, exactly. None of his goals were his fault. The defense didn't play their game. They looked flat. They looked awful. The veter- it seems to me that the veterans on the team struggle against the speed of the Canadians. Braun struggled today. Braun looked the slowest I have ever Niskanen, seen. Him. I, I'm Niskanen not going to lie. times looks shaky. I almost prefer at this point Robert Haig yeah. in for I was Justin gonna, Braun for I was game gonna three. Make, I was going to make your uh, comment on your tweet you made during the game saying the yeah. put Freeman. I was like, Jeff, uh, I was going to say, Jeff, what about Haig? He's the, I, the, I, I honestly, in that moment, I completely forgot about Robert Haig. Sorry, Haig. Bad buddy. My only fear is that because they're gonna, there's obviously going to be some type of lineup change. The one big thing I think is that um, Michael Raffle, even though he didn't play, he was in minute morning skates. So maybe that means Sunday he plays. That's uh, what I'm hoping for. Because again, if that's the case, someone's coming out of the lineup. Um, hopefully, connecting is fine. Because that's what I'm shot. hoping for. It's going to be shot to the foot. Yeah, it, it was. I still haven't seen, honestly, anything. Again, and we might not even. You're not going to hear much. You probably won't. Excuse me. About Travis Konechny, uh, just because, again, people have to be so – he tried to jump out of the way a bit, and, and he got uh, hit. I'm trying to see. It looks like Ben Chariot uh, was the one who took that ben slapper. Chariot. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it looked like he was the one who took that slap shot, and yeah, he he had to get helped off the ice a bit. It yeah, looked like even when he, he went, went down right the tu- when he went down the tunnel, he had to have Carter Hart and someone else help him yeah. down the tunnel. So maybe it, again, isn't good. Obviously, once he gets the skate off, it's going to hurt even more. Or you're going to see more of the swelling. But hopefully, it's one of those things that. Yeah. Maybe he can walk it off, and maybe at like Raffle or even Headman, maybe it's just a sprain. That's or or just again, it's a stinger. It's just yeah. something you just have to be cautious with. And again, you're like, it's also playoffs, so I doubt he's want to going to come want to come out. He's going to take some shot or whatever to his foot, so he can come back in there and be connecty. 
But even connecting at times looked shaky. You saw a lot of the older connecting where you saw a lot of his emotions. He took a yeah. at one point cross-checking Jonathan Drew. And now he's one of the – this is a stupid decision. I get he's frustrated. There's a shot of him on the bench slamming his stick down. Fred took him like three or four times. Um, because again, he's so frustrated. I get it, and you know, it's, just, it's a frustrating it's game. All, so obviously, everyone. It was a very frustrating game. game, and so you made several great points. You pointed out to me earlier. So but first, I wanted to start, um, before I get to some pos- potential positives to take out of this. I wanted to destroy the fire some more. Um, but this well, time, no, I know. Oh, we're yeah, gonna get to um, it. Okay. okay, the good first. I got you. I got you. Yeah, good cup first. Oh, so. You so I'm gonna the, the the first one you mentioned number one I'm saving that for last because that is the last one I want to talk about. Uh, the first one I'm actually going to get to the third point you brought up. Uh, Oscar Lindblom is almost done uh, with his quarantine time, and that'll be huge morale wise. He came, so remember he came last Friday, I believe, and he's been quarantining since. The last yeah. I heard, as early as this weekend, it's this weekend now. Yeah, he could join the Flyers. Yeah, and I think that I don't even think he needs to play for that to be a huge morale boost because everyone mentions how much, how much of a positive impact he is. His smile, his everything. Oh, just yeah. him, just being oh, in practices. Baby. I think would be huge, even if he doesn't play. I know the. I think the most, the closest time period he can play potentially is September. It's the fourteenth, so of August. So yeah. Yeah. it's still a couple of weeks away. If he, as the Flyers, still in the playoffs by then, that's another yes. thing too. But I think that's huge because not only that, because right now I don't think he's really gotten much contact with the Flyers. He might be with – I don't even think he's with Robert Hake. He's probably just by himself. Maybe yeah. getting contact with people so he can get whatever he needs. But he's pretty right. much by himself quarantining. So once that is done, then he can be in the press box during these games. So he's watching these games. He'll be at every We're practice. Just in the stands. Yeah, exactly. He'll be in the stands watching these games. He'll be in practice right next to every guy. Uh, and he'll be skating if he keeps play- going strong and his stick game uh, like uh, handling doesn't look any worse for wear or anything. That will mm. be a huge morale boost, especially after a huge loss. Say if I don't know if they practice tomorrow, if tomorrow's a day off for them. That's um, a good question. But if he say he comes back tomorrow, that's all. That's automatically if I'm one of those flyers, that loss is already gone on me because oh my gosh, yeah, Oscar again, Lindblom, you're so months, focused on Oscar after months of not seeing him much. But hearing all the positive things from his cancer treatment being finished and everything, that then is a huge boost for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, I you know, honestly, I think I, I don't even think I could have said any better myself, Mike. You you nailed it right on the head. And number, uh, number two, yeah. I think it's the most obvious one, but it still needs to be said. Yeah, the past Flyers coaches that brought the Flyers to the playoffs outside of the poor team that they brought, not the best team but you know they had the you know the Weeses and them still on the yeah. team the anchors as we like to call them the rocks uh whatever your term is for that you had <laughs> Human you had Craig Berube before he was the Blues head coach and Dave Haxtell who I don't think was great at uh being resilient in times of being destroyed and no AV I think similar to uh Peter Laviolette when obviously the infamous uh, timeout that was called in 2010. We knew how much of a legend he is. He won a cup, so there's that. There's a reason why Elaine Vigneault 
brought two different teams. I know he hasn't won one, but he's brought two different teams and fairly uh, recently, uh, not far off from one another, to the Cup Finals. There's a reason why. Uh, It was a four-year time difference, yeah. Yeah, he's been here before. He knows what it takes. So I think he's got the ability to, one, spark people. And not only, he's going to talk to uh, Drew and the captains to not only take responsibility on themselves, but also responsibilities for teaching the younger guys as well. Teaching no, absolutely. Huge... And Drew's sake, because I saw it at when, when Connecty was breaking his stick, shortly after, Couturier and Drew was like, whoa, 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 like, calm down, like, kind of yeah. thing to him. Like no, saw... absolutely. Um, no, you're exactly right there, Mike. And, and I really think that for the Flyers, AV, they need to forget this loss. It's a horrible, horrible loss. AV but again, isn't afraid to make changes or anything. Not, and that's the biggest thing. And not, not only that, bad but, losses, he might not even change the lineup at all from yeah. the game that he did today. And uh, the if other thing I was going to say about AV here, Mike, mm-hmm. is even when he makes a change, it's for the better. No, no, Craig Berube, when he was here in Philly, again, it was a very different style. Um, I can't remember what kind of changes he would make after a game, especially after a bad loss like this. But Dave Haxtell, Do you remember he would make was... the absolute worst change. I know what it was. Remember Steve Mason went down? Yeah. That was with Berube. And he had to go with Ray, Ray Emery for the, the start of the Rangers series. Cause, That's uh, right, because uh, Mason got a concussion against the Penguins because yep. uh, the Penguins ran him, ran him over. Yep. Yeah. No, that I remember. Again, he didn't have much of a choice. Because... No, but it, yeah, but that's another thing too. Is there's problems dealing with their goaltending, starting one too much over the other, and just adversaries there. Right. Um, ha- I'd say more so Haxtell had them than eight, uh, Ruby, but I'm just saying those playoff teams. They, yeah, no, that I agree they with. They didn't get um, past the first round, and even although the last time in 2018. The Flyers' first game against the Penguins, they got destroyed. It was what, like seven two, maybe eight two, yeah. something like that. It was, it was seven two. It was ugly. Them to, they took them the six games, but they still lost. Yeah, obviously injuries didn't help at all in that, but they oh, just weren't able to come all. back. Obviously, also Blemblem was scratched and everything. It was just a total so, again, and that was the biggest issue I had with Hackle. He delivered. He had no emotion. He always had that straight face the mm-hmm. entire time, just that glare. And his way of just uh, – this is a teaching moment. I'm benching him. Exactly. Oh, Again. Teaching moment. I'm just benching him. Not first see if he goes down a little lineup first and then uh, maybe try that for like a game. Not multiple, not during the playoffs. Also, yeah. if, say, Lemblom does come back in the Flyers – sorry, I went back to Lemblom for a second because yeah, I didn't think about Lemblom. But say if – Lumblum comes back, and he's the Lumblum right before his cancer treatment, where he was pretty much on the verge of a career year. That would be huge for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, it make the question of do you then separate the second pair, the second line, or do you put the third line now? You put Faraby there. You put Faraby with Oscar and um, Grant or something like that. Mm-hmm. By the, or yeah, you, it's or or you have him on the first line. That'd be interesting. That would be. I don't know. I 
I may Again, this want is just to put being, him in third just ho- to give him being, some yeah, time to ease. Being hopeful here. I know. No, I agree, and, and it's going to be hopeful. I just, I think it's good to get if he's able to go. I want him out there just for precaution. Oh yeah, on also, the third line. This is just an annoyance I have just from watching some of these games because whenever I've watched the Penguins, they had a little bit too because of Jake Gensel being hurt. But more so whenever I've watched the Blue Jackets, they always talk about, obviously they had a bunch of injuries to overcome and everything in Tortorella. But I feel like there's not a lot said about how much the AV and the Flyers had to overcome mm-hmm. this offseason, yeah. uh, this season. Because from the start of the season, and for majority of the season, really, they didn't have two of their better young players play for majority of the season. For yeah. Nolan Patrick, it was the whole season. For Oscar Lamblow, Oscar Lamblow he played it was like the nine, first quarter of the season. Yeah, he, I don't even most. think he played 20 games. I don't think he did. Yeah. I think it was like 16. Yeah, it was like that near the middle or beginning of December yeah. was like the last game he played. So this point I'm going to bring up by Jordan Hall from uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. He brings up a good point. And well, just it's more of a note uh, yeah. from AV. But uh, this kind of goes hand in hand with number one. So number one. Um, this is a similar, something similar to what I said earlier in February after a very bad loss to the New Jersey Devils, a 5 nothing shutout same as exact well. Way. Same exact way. Um, this is the kind of gut punch of, all right, let's get going again. This is also a minor gut punch. Uh, Elaine Mignol said post-game, he was not happy with Kirk mm-hmm. Muller, who, again, was um, t- for today, or I guess for the rest of the series in the playoffs, he is the interim head coach in uh, place of, uh, of course, um, Julian. Claude Julian and uh, Kirk Muller had his first power play unit out there for a five nothing game. Vignol is going to remind the Flyers that happened. So again, again, it, it, it's kind of in a way goes hand in hand because, um, you know, it's a bad loss, it's a gut punch, but again, it's a you know, it's five nothing. Why are you putting your top? power play unit out there yeah if, if you don't want to be down like that you should have played better i get that but that's the just game's over. that's just a sign of disrespect right there that really is to me you're up by nothing clearly dominating your win over. the game's almost over why are you putting your top power play unit out there yeah it, it's that is so, a good, that is a good a, reminder and also just this too have yeah. them have some heat on themselves yeah. What can he I do think they if will. there's some trouble for not trouble, but say if their backs are against a wall, can he pull a Claude Julian and get this team uh, together and uh, come back from that? So far, I, 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 again, think, I think I, I think, think a so. lot of uh, the Flyers are obviously a lot of it's uh, mental mistakes and stuff like that. Um, but quick, let's just because I just re- realized we got off it a little bit but back to your mm. point before because it's obviously going from a different sport but something you brought up about the eagles when they went to mm. their uh that won the super bowl i'm not saying the flyers would go on to win the Stanley cup here right. but it was a similar kind of thing like a gut punch the flyers hadn't lost any games in the playoffs they needed one i think they needed one gut punch loss to it here's the other thing okay. real That's, quick here mike yeah the flyers they had not lost – they haven't lost back-to-back games since January 8th. Yeah. Since January 8th. That's crazy. Yeah. So, again, so, you know, it's not like a, 
oh, you know, guys, we can't lose this game. Oh, it's just going to mess up with our record. No. It's going to be this team understanding, look, we've been here before, even after a bad loss. We're going to be fine. We've handled this before. We can handle it again now. If there there was anyone on that team that was still on cloud nine about being the number one seed and going undefeated into that game, that has now diminished a bit. And I think there may – I'm not saying there was a lot of it, but maybe some of the younger players may have felt it. A bit. I, I think so. I think uh, again, that this kind of gut punch kind of got them going again because you're going to use the Michael Scott method of keep it simple, stupid. It hurts my feelings every time, but you got to do it. <laughs> you're asking too many yeah. questions. <laughs> you really are. And again, keep it. I even like yelled at it or, or like put it in like an angry tweet in all caps keep it simple. I was about um, to respond to it saying stupid. Keep it simple, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I wish you did now. Uh, but no, and it's true. You know, the, the Flyers, they kept going for these fancy passes, the perfect pass, the perfect shot. There's no such thing. You know why the Canadians If you hesitate dominated? one second, they you're going to have two guys on you. They kept it simple. Yeah. The Montreal Canadiens kept it simple with their system. They kept it, it was, simple with their gameplay today against the Flyers. That's why they, they dominated them 5 This nothing. is what I That's think why they, they could continue to run away with the series potentially – the Flyers aren't it's, careful enough, yeah, and they are overlooking mm-hmm. the Canadians by overplaying yeah. their their own system. Maybe, but here's we're overthinking, two. I should say. Maybe uh, the coaching and everything, because I'm assuming the Canadians watched that last because they were either yeah. playing the Cana- the Flyers or Lightning in that game. They were probably watching that last yeah. uh, round robin game, and if you remember at the end of that game, how sloppy kind of the Flyers looked and how. They got very sloppy. They got sloppy, but also forechecking-wise, the Lightning were just spinning them everywhere. And I think the Canadians took that, and they're now installing it into the series so far. And so far, it seems to be working. It it really is working. So, again, I I wouldn't be surprised. Again, this is why I had the Flyers winning in six. I could even see them go to a seventh game if they're not careful enough because the Canadians, they're – outplaying the Philadelphia Flyers. It's not mm-hmm. a good look for the Flyers right now. Yes, it's 1-1 series. The Flyers can redeem themselves, hopefully, uh, Sunday night, which I'm hoping that's the case. I think that they will, but they got to be careful. They can't overthink their system. They just got to keep it simple. They have to make smart choices. Stop turning the puck over so much. Don't take dumb penalties. Again, one of the biggest things that annoyed me is after they got the puck – um, they basically just flipped it into the Canadian zone and turned it right back over. Yep. It's like they just there's like, one, oh, there's I get one the puck, I got a chance, let me flip it up. There was yeah. one play in particular. I was like, what are you doing? You Do you remember the one play? I, I, I said after that out loud F, at least 10 times today. After, uh, I think, one of the power plays, after the flyer, one of their power plays ended. Yeah. Ghost was cutting towards the net, and Abe Kubel had it. Instead of feeding it to a ghost, he go he just clears it. He just kind of goes that's behind the net. Literally, that's a perfect example of like, what, what are I'm you talking doing? about. He was it's, cutting. It's, you could have easily done like a saucer pass to him, and he could have been there. It's and Nack has that talent and and skill set of being able to make that pass. Again, that's the kind of play I'm mentioning here, Mike. Is that the Flyers in this game? Clearly, they. I don't know what they were doing. I literally yelled at that at my TV while watching uh, the game earlier at least five, ten times because also, what I've were really... they doing? They kept turning the puck over. They kept making uh, relevant-looking plays just like that. Mm-hmm. It's also, this is where I'm going to lose some Philadelphia fans <laughs> if you listen to the podcast. 
if you're a bandwagon fan and you're angry about how <laughs> that, yeah, if you're angry about how that game turned out and you weren't the biggest fan of how that first game went, see ya. See ya. Yeah, if cool. See ya. If yeah. you're not the only team, you don't understand hockey if no. you just because you're, a team's a number one seed doesn't mean they have a cakewalk of a yeah. playoff series against any team. I don't care who. Don't the just team, care about any the, sport. Don't just care about the team because they're in the playoffs. Exactly, and that's know, exactly what's happening. I know the one because your the slogan or whatever is um, uh, brotherly love or whatever. But the only team I ever really see the any Philadelphia fans, not all of them, but a good amount of them, giving it to is most of the Eagles because they're the only team. I know the season's a lot shorter, but they're the one team that even if they go win like four games, the length's going to get uh, sold out every game. Yeah, but the Flyers or the Phillies or even the Sixers, even though Sixers are a little better now. If they're struggling, it's there's barely anyone that uh, stands. Even last year and some of this year too, when the Flyers were actually good, the Flyers weren't selling out. Yeah. Again, here here's what cracks me up. It's they all the Sixers they, this and is what I the see. Flyers. They the games are indoors, right? Mm-hmm. Even on a crappy night, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans will travel to the game when it's mm-hmm. pouring out, when it's snowing out, and sit outside in the pouring rain sitting enjoying game even when they win mm-hmm. but again for example it was pouring out one night and it was the night oscar came back to philadelphia and uh there was a huge roaring standing ovation and there was like no one there right? exactly exactly that was blows my mind is people will sit outside in a pouring wet cold freezing windy chilly football game in january outdoors in like january. december yeah december january even november when it starts to get colder out but when it comes to sitting in a arena or a building or anything like that inside where there there's a roof over their heads yeah that's a roof yeah you get wet um oh look at that it's raining outside i don't want to go yeah what, what are you talking about I get the, I, and i get the obvious Oh, this football season's significantly shorter than yeah. any of the others. But I mean they all the only ones you ever really see that's ever sold out is home opener, uh opening day, and then playoffs or maybe if they're playing if they're playing like division rival. Six, yeah, division rival if the Sixers are playing like LeBron or someone like that, if the Flyers are playing the uh, Penguins, if the Phillies are playing uh the Braves or something like that or even Eagles then, playing Dallas. Yeah, but even they're selling out if they're playing the Lions. Exactly. Or the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a minor annoyance I have with Philly fans. It, no, I mean, no, no I, I hear you, but again, it, it's it's the it, it's that uh, fa- those fans are the same fans that are going to be bandwagons here that will still complain saying this Flyers team is the same as the past few Flyers teams, even though yeah. they hadn't probably seen majority of the season or know that this team is significantly better than the past Flyers team and of France. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Alec Baum just uh, hit a single and uh, it's an RBI single. It looks like for his first career RBI as a Phil and, and yeah. MLB actually. Um, still one, nothing yeah. less than 10 minutes left in the and second period. Oh yeah. So and that the is se- that. And the ver- in a couple minutes, the Capitals game. Islanders and Capitals, sorry. Yep. yep. Even though 
realistically, I don't really care too too much about the remaining games tonight, but they're still hockey, so <laughs> yeah, it'll maybe be we'll fun have to it watch. on the background. Um, there you go. That's really all I have on the Flyers. Just keep yep. it simple. Don't overthink things. <laughs> Make quick, clear passes. They, they, they need to really rebound from this one in game mm-hmm. three. Um, let's actually make fear, our predictions right my now. My only fear is that yeah. there's a potential. I hope it doesn't happen because I think they really need Ghost, especially power play wise, um, that they have Hague coming for Ghost. I have a feeling that it could happen again. Like you said, um, I would prefer Hague coming in for Braun. Yes, I know Braun has playoff experience and everything, yeah. but he looks flat out awful today. A lot of people look flat out awful. You can't bench the whole team, of course. Uh, if Michael Raffles go. Put in, uh, but AV Michael did Raffle. the same. Also, AV did the same thing he does after every kind of bigger loss, or he wants someone to get it going. He called out the veterans. He called out the yeah. leaders. Oh, every he time, called them out. Big it time. seems like whenever the season that happens, uh, like if he called out JVR or Vorchek or Drew mm-hmm. or Gatori, I think he's done a couple times too. Yeah, uh, the next definitely. game or the next night or whatever they, they show, show up. Yeah, they show up big time, and they're gonna have they're gonna have some anger. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to be surprised if the I Flyers be su- come out red hot. Yeah. I don't think Farabee's coming back to the first line. Maybe he will. He's looked good here and there. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it's back to, okay, Vorchek back on the first line. First line out there, first game, it's the first unit. And they're just going to try yeah. to get it going. And it's going to be try, trying to get it similar to the first shift in 2012 against uh, the Penguins. Yep where Drew scores like a couple seconds into the game after nailing Sidney Crosby. That was the best game I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that could be – I just have that feeling that this sec, this third game or next yeah. couple games, if it's another poor effort, that that could be another kind of uh, thing getting uh, motivated. I agree. Uh, so let's actually make our quick predictions before right. we get off here. Uh, for game three, this Sunday, 8 p.m., uh, it is a tough one here. I'm saying it's going to be 3-2 final Flyers win. Oh, it's going to be another close kind of a little choppy game, but I think the Flyers are getting their skating mm-hmm. legs going. For me, I have the two goals going to Jonathan Druin and uh, Shea Weber on the power play mm-hmm. for the Hurricane for the Canadians. Um and for the Flyers, I'm going to have Drew get on the board because I feel like every time there's a struggle, the first person that gets it going is usually Drew. Yeah, and um, he's been struggling lately, so yeah. he really needs to get going here. If Ghost plays, I say he scores. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say... Let's give Kutz a goal. And if Ghost isn't playing, I'm giving that goal to... Um, Sanheim. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm going to go a bit different here. I'm saying 4-1 Flyers win. They're going to go right down the, you know, right down the line with them and just take care of them. It's going to be 4-1 Flyers win. The lone goal will be from uh, Yasperi Katsukanini, uh for the Montreal Canadiens. Tortellini? Took this long. Take your shot. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, Flyers one four one. I have the veterans stepping up: Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, 
And I'm going to have actually – I was going to have Ivan Provera, but I'm going to have Matt Niskanen scoring a goal as well. Struggling vets, they're going to put up the goals for the Philadelphia Flyers. In my prediction for Game 3, Flyers taking this one 4-1 to one in Game 3. It's Sunday, 8 p.m. That one's on actually NBC. going to be on NBC. Yep. So keep that in mind. Uh, so hopefully, that's when the next Flyers yeah. game is. Hopefully – not tr- knocking on wood here and not trying to jinx them, but this season, especially of late, primetime games or they look better national televised games, more so against the Capitals. They've looked that's when they look kind of their best, exactly. So, we got to so, keep an eye out for that. Hopefully, and- hopefully, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> so, we'll see that and hopefully we'll- on Sunday it'll work out in yeah. our favor. We'll catch you next time.